Season 2, Episode 33, The Boys from the Back Pocket Now Have Shirts. Oh my gosh, it feels so good. We're wearing them right now. These things turned out amazing. They're so nice. Little cotton. I don't know what the cotton thread count is on here, but let me tell you, it's pretty freaking high. It's very, very comfortable. And we just want to let you guys know, all marketing interns, if you want a shirt yourself, Mm. please sign up for our email listing on yourbackpockets.com. That's with an S, yourbackpockets.com. That's right. And when you subscribe to that, you will be the first ones to be notified of when our shirts are officially dropped. And then you can go on the website, be the first ones to get them before they sell out, and it's going to be great. So get after that, yourbackpockets.com. Hit the subscribe to email link, and you can wear one of these. YouTube listeners know what we're talking about. Yeah, they're right here. Also, we like to mention we now are releasing three podcasts a week. That's pretty cool. I feel pretty accomplished doing that. Mm -hmm. Content is the air we breathe. It's just phenomenal. I love what we're doing right now. Uh, We should just pat ourselves on the back for putting three podcasts out. But the third podcast this week, or the, the third weekly podcast, is Golden Nuggets. Golden Nuggets is a best of series. You guys have heard us use this phrase a ton, Golden Nuggets. It's a portion that we find was the biggest takeaway. Mm-hmm. So when you click on this Golden Nugget section, you'll hear roughly three sections that we found most intriguing on the Monday podcast. Mm-hmm. We also have it in written form on the blog and on visual on YouTube. Yeah, so we are attacking the best of and the um, the Golden Nuggets from the episode that we release on Monday. It's going to be a shorter episode. It's going to be around 7 to 15 minutes. That's where we're our, our, kind of our range right now. And it's for the people that love our podcast and love our show, love our content. But you know what? They, don't, they just don't have the hour and 40 minutes to really dive into what we're trying to put out there. And so we're going to try and appease to those people and get you guys some quick snackable moments. Enough about us. Enough about promoting us. Let's go to this season two, episode 33, intro music. It's your time to shine. I'm just an ordinary average guy. My friends all are boring. And so am I. We're just ordinary average guys. Today is September 24th. Decky, Mike, Eater. How are we? Yo, we're great. Andy Iceman. The boys are fired up. And, you know, this is just going to be a great podcast. We have Walter Bond, of all people, in the studio. Or not in the studio. He's over in Boca Raton, Florida. But we had a phenomenal A local event. legend. Yeah, local legend. He's a gopher. He played basketball. And then he played in the NBA. He was a part of the gopher Final Four push mm-hmm. uh, back in... I think it was the mid-90s. We'll call it the 90s. Yep. And uh, then he played in the NBA. But, well, let's get to that later. First, you called me uh, Andy Iceback. That's something we need to unpack for sure. Yeah. Well, I called you Andy the Iceman because we have been utilizing an ice pack to more or less improve the quality efficiency of your 8-gigabyte RAM computer. So for our long-term marketing interns, you guys will uh, quickly realize Scott Christman, the first Send It Sunday, the laptop fan was the entire podcast. It was just a fan noise. We have grown so much in audio quality since, I would say, May, that time when we interviewed Scott. You know, shout out, Scott. He's a good guy. Um, But yeah, it's it's an average quality of ours. Our average quality is our our production methods, I would say. When the person's not in studio. Right. And then also when we have to download and upload things. Exactly. So we are at a significant disadvantage because we don't have a high-tech 
really fast computer. Desktop. Desktop. We don't have a really nice camera. and We have a GoPro. We have a GoPro. We have have just a regular old MacBook Pro. And it's so funny because we have the Ethernet plugged in, and then we put the ice pack underneath it. Mm -hmm. So it's just absolute utilization and optimization of all of our resources to make the MacBook Pro as efficient as possible. Yeah, we are trying to help this thing out so much. A, A 16 gigabyte file that originally took three and a half hours, you throw an ice pack and an Ethernet in there, it was an hour and a half. Yeah, can you, like, that's unbelievable. I can't believe that. Like, because the fan is just, it's overheated, so it, the laptop doesn't want to process any faster anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's just going to it's gonna stop out at three and a half hours. But you throw the ice pack on there, the fan realizes, oh, it's not overheating anymore. I can slow down and my processing speeds can speed up. Dude, you sound like an engineer right now. That just goes through my head when I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah no, it, it, that's exactly what heat, goes Is that on. heat transfer? Uh, yeah, it is. It is heat is transfer. Is that controls a little bit too? Yes. Sweet. You're crushing it. We don't need to get in more than that, but it is controls and it is heat transfer. So nice. Good work, Andrew, man. I'm proud of you. Thank you. And also a quick note, we're going to try to improve on our peas right now because I, I just want to be transparent with you. We don't use the little thingy-majigger in front of it because we don't like the feng shui. Yeah, it just looks gross and it looks like um, you're inexperienced. I might use it because I feel like my peas are a little more powerful. Yeah. And the training wheels might need to be put on. Yeah. Well, you are very direct in your delivery. So you you are very powerful. You know, you really want to deliver, push your words through the mic. You eat the mic. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's I a intro you as Decky Mike Eater. And, you pro- and many marketing interns were probably thrown off with that. Like, what, what does that mean? It was because Deck and his capabilities of speaking in the mic – are top tier like you are inside the mic yeah um I'm, I'm, that's what goes through my head whenever i'm podcasting is like i need to eat this mic if we're going to have good content and if the people are going to be able to hear what i'm saying phenomenal yeah i appreciate that about you yeah thanks man i appreciate that and man we got to get to a segment man let's let's get let's get the segments going coming back here this is a big deal we so walter bond this week what you guys will find out is he loves absolutely loves comparing animals to people and one in particular sharks walter bond is a shark but he is also a sucker fish he knows the difference and i'm going to keep it at that for now because once we get Mm -hmm. to that interview that conversation we had you guys are going to become a shark and a sucker fish but that made me think that made me reflect a little bit what is the back pocket yeah we really need to unpack what animal what spirit animal does the back pocket most emulate and to be honest with you we're thinking on our toes right now. I really want to know what we are. So personally, you guys heard me talk on Stationary Astronaut how I am a E-specific red octopus. Yeah. And that's because I love to have that camouflage to adapt myself into a situation that I might be unfamiliar with, but I just recognize my surroundings. Mm-hmm. That's the octopus. That's the, the camouflage part. But then you also have the tentacles, and it's that, that's what Nick was getting at with his giant squid. It's the ability to use all those resources and pull people into your environment. Mm-hmm. I like that. And mine was the golden eagle. And at the time, I did not know why. But now I really do. I understand why I'm the golden eagle. And it is because the eagle has a very distinct advantage in that it can fly. And that it can look down and see what everyone else is doing. My self-awareness and my sensory acuity, my ability to understand and optimize what everybody else is doing is a quality of mine it's something that i can i i oh i'm always paying attention to what everything is going on like for example instagram when i'm on instagram and i'm swiping i get like probably 
four or five ads and stories, story ads, because I'm just always on Instagram yeah. and I see that. So they're like, oh, we need to show this kid more ads. Well, I just look how they are presenting their ad to me so I can present ads for us better to other people. Absolutely. You do a little pros and cons of each one that pops pros up Pros and cons. But now get into the back pocket. What yeah. is the back pocket animal? And when I think of us, I think of figure it out, adjust, and go. Mm. Ready to take on all shots fired whenever necessary. Whenever they come our way, we're going to put up that protective shield. Mm. And uh, this might be taking a reach here. This might I don't know if this is exactly it, but maybe a hippopotamus? Because they're just ferocious in um, in maintaining their species, right? They don't get killed very often. And at the same time, they're vegetarians. They're not out here to kill other species. They're not carnivorous. They're not trying to dominate. They're not trying to dominate. No, they're not top of the food chain in regards to being a carnivore. Mm-hmm. And that's not what we're trying to do on the back pocket. But we're also ready to... We don't know how to handle every situation. I'm guaranteeing a hippo, they're big size. They're not ready for squeaking into his tiny little spots but mm. uh they're gonna surely try and get their food if that's what comes to it mm, i like this I, I really like this first off i've never seen a hippopotamus die so that's one thing that like and we're know, not gonna die great, back pocket yeah great point on that hippopotamus never die they they live for longevity so when i think of hippopotamus i think of them being in water and i think about having their head just poked out above the 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 water level Mm -hmm. and i love this because now i'm thinking with the iceberg method so hippopotamus you see its nose and its eyes and you get the facade of you you recognize that this is a hippopotamus but underneath you have its heart its legs its tail its you know its entire torso and that's the engine that keeps that thing going that keeps it afloat that just motivates, or not motivates it, but keeps the whole operation ahead. So when comparing that to the ice pack, it's perfect because you see on YouTube our 16 gigabyte file and you see it's a full hour 40 podcast on mm-hmm. YouTube, but you have no idea how it got there in the process. That's right. You don't understand the size of the hippopotamus underneath the water, whether it's a baby hippopotamus or if it's an actual adult female protecting its young. Yo, or... You don't realize that this hippopotamus, if it got going running or swimming, that it could has an insane amount of closing speed, and that it will protect and dominate whenever necessary. And I think that's one thing that uh, the marketing interns that really know us recognize. They 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 are now seeing us go to three podcasts in one week. Three podcasts, like. To me, that's crazy to think that we were barely putting out one. Struggling. Struggling to oh put out one. Oh, my goodness. Struggling to put out one. Early on. Absolutely. Early on. It was tough to like make that weekly commitment. And then 10 weeks in a row, we threw out two podcasts. Just we, Yeah. 10 podcasts in a row now, or 10 weeks in a row, we've thrown out two podcasts. A week. Now, now you're telling me we're going to go three podcasts, and now no one has an excuse not to listen to us. That's pretty much what we're getting at here. You have an hour-long podcast for the committed heavy hitter podcast listeners. You have the 30 minute quick hitter for, you know, someone that can only thinks that they can only listen to a podcast for 30 minutes. And then, then now we're tapping into a new market for the people that love the quick, quick, quick hitters. You know, the ones that can only uh, commit seven minutes. We're multifaceted. The hippopotamus is ultra savvy in the water, but they're also ultra savvy on land because no one is going to mess with them. 
and no one is messing with back pocket right now. Boom. You can try. We would love for you to mess with us and we'll learn from it and we'll just adapt and mm-hmm. take on the next situation. Figure it out, adjust and go like a hippopotamus. Absolutely. Hippos never die, man. All right, dude. Love it. I, that was, I just pulled that out of left field. I think we accomplished something we, there. Yo, we crushed that. That mm-hmm. was awesome. I, uh, Good work. Thank you. Should we should we hit him with Walter Bond shark sucker yeah. fish action? Yeah, yeah. Let's uh let's unpack Walter a little bit here. Mm-hmm. I know we did at the beginning, um, but the let me uh, set up our marketing in yeah, terms of how scene. we arranged the situation with Walter yeah. Bond. So I don't know if we actually tackled this inside the interview. Maybe for a second we did, but back in January of 2017, I was looking to become an NFL scout, or I was just trying to get into an NFL organization. And my dad met Walter Bond at a dinner event. And just so happened to hit it off, and he knew Kevin Warren, the chief operating officer for the Minnesota Vikings. And um, so uh, my dad connected me with Walter, but Walter is a super busy man. He is one of the leading motivational speakers in the world. And I was sending him emails once a week without a response um, and just kind of saying, hey, here's an update. This is what I'm looking like. would love to get a little information interview from you and blah, blah, blah. He finally responds, absolutely, met your dad. Uh, awesome dude here's Ke- or let me get a quick information in an interview with you so i can provide you with kevin warren's uh contact information talked got kevin warren's information again the whole process of getting into him was a long story but i finally got in front of him how long did that take by the way uh this whole process was probably five months five months okay from january until april around may mid-may and uh realized they're not hiring any um uh in summer interns summer interns only full-time uh, and didn't work, but gathered an, uh, expanded my network. Awesome. And then one year later, I reached out to Walter thinking like, oh, this guy was awesome. I want to have him on the podcast. I want to show him the appreciation that he deserves and the impact that he had on my life. I want to deliver that back onto his court. And that takes us to this interview. Yeah. And even that process of getting him on, you know, he's a busy guy, took a little bit of time. And it was so funny to hear you like one day, you're like, yo, yo, Walter just told us he's doing the interview. And it was like the one day I think we had previously mentioned where it was, it was a uh, a day where you had off and we just like booked our entire our month of interviews mm-hmm. and Walter was one of them and man his way what, of communicating is fantastic too yeah. I gave him like three paragraphs of like why he should come on the show or like why he thinks he's a great fit and he just goes yes and then I go all right here's are some times and I gave him like three times and he just, and and he just goes October or um, September blah 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 and I go perfect and then. It, like it was just one word responses, one sentence responses, and I'm feeding him all this information. I loved it. Right? It's just so simple. It all it all worked out. We did the interview on Google Hangouts, and he was in his beautiful home hanging out with a bunch of millionaires down in Boca Raton, Florida. He gets into a little bit more of that later on, but you guys will absolutely love Minnesota legend Walter Bond. Before we get to this interview, I wanted to give you guys a quick message from our sponsors. Andrew, who's our first sponsor, man? Skyline Specs. And we're here to talk to you about Skyline Specs specifically with a sweet giveaway opportunity. Yeah, so let me give you the giveaway options here. You got us, you got Skyline Specs, and you got Stationary Astronaut. Three knuckleheads running three different companies. All have three really good passions, purposes. And it's a great opportunity for you guys to get involved in all three of those. And tell them them what exactly the giveaway entails. Yeah, so you guys have to go on Instagram. All of our Instagram hitters, get up on Instagram. Go and like the post whenever you see it. You'll see it. 
from us or from Skyline Specs. And or we're going to ask you to leave a comment as well. Yep. Leave a comment, tag two of your friends, and then follow all three of our accounts. That will be then putting you in for the giveaway. And the giveaway winners get... They get... For us, in particular, back pocket T-shirts. You get a back pocket T-shirt. You don't even need to sign up for our email listing, but we'd be happy if you did. You'd also get this T-shirt. Yeah, you get this T-shirt. You get a pair of Skyline Specs. And then I'm assuming you get some stationary astronaut gear. We haven't really gotten over the details, but you're going to probably get some stationary astronaut gear. And you know who else we're trying to get involved in this giveaway? Yeah. MB Outdoors. We told you guys about these numerous times. And we want them to join this movement. So Mm. we want you, marketing interns, to flood MB Outdoors Instagram DMs yeah. and tell them to join the bandwagon of the giveaway. Yeah, so flood the yeah flood the establishment, flood MB Outdoors. Get hop in their comments, hop in their DMs, and just be like, "Yo, I heard some shit on uh on the back pocket podcast this week in the in the uh, in the ads, you know." And uh, just tell them that to hop in on a giveaway because you know we we're always trying to give back to the marketing interns. We're always trying to give back to the people who are supporting us, man. Big so, time uh, giveaway. MB Outdoors potentially, but we already got Skyline Specs, Stationary Astronaut, and your boys truly, the Back Pocket Podcast. Now let's get to this interview. Let's welcome Walter Bond to the Back Pocket Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us. No, thank you. I mean, I love young people doing positive things, so why wouldn't I join you? It's a no-brainer for me. Awesome. Well, hey, before we get started, you know, we ask uh, this question to every single person on our podcast, and we like to frame it, it's the average quality, and how we like to frame it is, you know, something that you're good at, but um, something that you could be bad at at other times. It usually happens when you try something new and you, you recognize that failure. So, Walter, what is your average quality? Um, probably playing golf, you know. I uh <laughs> I married a young lady from Miami. I lived in Minneapolis for 25 years, and now we live in Boca Raton, Florida, and we live on a golf course. And so I am very average golfer, and it's fun because it's challenging me, you know. And you know, I'm an athlete too, you know. And so some of the non-athletic guys have beat me on the golf course, and it kind of pisses me off, to be honest. So that's given me another challenge to hopefully you know, master before I leave this earth. So um, I, I think you have to be bad at things before you get good at things. So a lot of times people get very discouraged when they fail or, or, or lack success. And to me, get back at it. You know, anything you do the first time, you're not going to be great at it. You're always going to get better. So as long as you're trying, I think you win. You know, I think the people that lose in life don't even try and they shy away from failure. Like, hey, let's be warriors, man. Let's go for it. And you know, if you stick with it, and you'll eventually get better. And if it's your gift, you'll get great at it. That you couldn't have framed it any better. And that's something that I mean. Thank you for saying that because we try to preach that message. And coming from you, that speaks volumes. I mean, it, it, whether it's golf or whether it's being vulnerable in a certain situation or whether it's public speaking, it's something that you're challenging yourself and you recognize, hey. I'm not the best at this right now, but that's okay because I enjoy doing it. And this is something that I see myself being better at in the future. And right now golf's your average quality. But if I ask you this in five, in five years, you're going to be like, well, Andrew, you know, I, I'm actually a 10 golfer and uh, I could probably hang with the best of them at this point. You know, in 10 years, it's going to be like Tiger who? <laughs> <laughs> Bill Mickelson who? You know, <laughs> Justin Johnson who? Um, you know, golf is a great game. I'm glad I stumbled into it. And, and um, I was horrible, you know, when I would get invited to these celebrity golf tournaments in Minneapolis and I would go out and 
hey, I'm an athlete, I'll figure it out. And I was like, whoa, I mean, after three holes, I mean, I'm swinging and missing the ball and, and totally embarrassed, but it gave me a challenge and I've been playing ever since. That's awesome. And Andrew and I actually quote the game of golf, the game of average, just because even if you're the best in the world, you'll see guys like Ernie Els put in the water five times at the Masters. Like that's just, that stuff always happens. And I, I would also ask you to rank yourself. Are you more on the Charles Barkley spectrum or are you more on the uh, Tiger Woods spectrum? Where are we at? Uh, Charles Barkley is retarded on the golf course. So if I, <laughs> if, if I had to choose, I'm going Tiger Woods, man. Love man who, who, who would want to compare themselves to Charles Barkley on the golf course? I love that. Go. That's awesome. Well, so I know you a little bit more than uh, I'd say the rest of our audience. So I love you filling the gaps for our, our marketing interns that are uh, hearing you for the first time. So could you walk us through kind of your college athletic career and then kind of where to you are now? Well, you know, I'll go back before that. I'm a Chicago native. I uh, grew up on the south side of Chicago and my parents were teachers. My dad was a high school principal. Uh, my mother was a kindergarten teacher. And um, I actually attended my dad's high school. His high school uh, had a really good basketball team. It was in a r- really rough neighborhood, but I went to his high school uh, because it was just making sense for me in sports. And I ended up become one of the top basketball players in the country. I got recruited to the University of Minnesota and I chose Minnesota because of the business community. I mean, you're talking about 22 Fortune 500 companies, tons of small to mid-sized companies that kind of feed the big 22. And it's a very vibrant business community. And so, um, and, and that was, you know, my decision out of high school and I played eight years of pro basketball. And you know, I think in, in our careers, we gotta have a plan. We gotta have a vision. We have to have a strategy. You know, I was a kid that, you know, when I stood up in the third grade and told my classmates what I'm going to do when I grow up, I was serious. You know, I wasn't just doing an assignment. I'm like, look, when I grow up, I'm going to play pro sports. And when I'm done playing pro sports, I'm going to make more money in business than I did in sports. And so, so choosing a school like the University of Minnesota was a part of that strategy. So my question for anybody, you know, what did you tell your classmates in third grade? You know, when you wrote that assignment, what are you going to be when you grow up? What did you write there? What did you say? And if you're not there, if you're not on, on target, when did you quit? You know, when did you talk yourself out of it? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm on this earth to help people talk themselves back into their dreams, you know, back into their goals. You know, and, and so many people, you know, get discouraged. They have setbacks and they literally use an excuse and it becomes their reality. And I can relate to that because I use excuses. Um, you know, my freshman year at the University of Minnesota, I sat on the bench. And I remember my dad called me and he said, you don't play, son, why not? And I said, dad, you want to know the truth? Politics, dad, it's political. And in my mind, that was the truth. And my father was like, what? And he says, how did your coach get paid? And I said, well, dad, he gets paid to win. He says, okay, son, if if your coach gets paid to win, won't he play the players and give him the best chance to win? And that was a moment, right, where my lie my own excuse got challenged and I had a choice. I could fight back and really hold on to my lie and claim that's the truth, or I can allow my father to influence me. And the good news is I allowed him to influence me and my excuse was taken away. And as a result, I was vulnerable. As a result, it was scary. As a result, I had no, no defense mechanism. And basically I was not playing because I wasn't good enough. And once I accepted my truth, and I know everybody out here has their own truth. Once you accept your truth, now you're in a position 
Once you feel that vulnerability, now you're in a position to do something about it. You know, if you're failing in school, it's because, you know what, I'm freaking blowing school off. I'm not serious about school. I'm screwing around. I'm drinking too much. I'm hanging out too much. Why am I not get, getting promoted at work? You know what? I'm not an impact player. You know, I'm working marketing, but am I making an impact in marketing? Am I creative? Am I innovative? Do I know how to build a brand? Do I know how to market? At the end of the day, if you can help someone be successful, if you can help someone market better, if you can help someone build their brand and actually attract customers or clients or whatever your goal is in marketing, you'll get to where you want to be. And remember when the bell rang in school, guys? That was a signal for us to get to where we're supposed to be. And I remember my dad as a high school principal. Whenever the bell rang, he would come to the hallway. He would say, hey, hey, young man, where are you supposed to be? Hey, young lady, where are you supposed to be? The bell is rung, and you know you're supposed to be somewhere. You know you're supposed to be in class. So when I go and speak publicly, my whole message is, hey, you know, where, where are you supposed to be? Declan, where are you supposed to be? Andrew, anybody listening, if you're 25, 30, 35, based on what you said when you were 10 years old, where in life are you supposed to be? And God dog it, get there. Mm, I love it, man. And I think one thing, uh, so I listened to a couple of your, your, or, uh, your keynote speaks or speeches, and you were talking about the recruiting process. And as an ex-athlete, you know, hearing that and really going through that as well was really cool. And I loved your part about Coach Haskins and how he was so different than everyone else because of his likability factor, how he talked to your mom about growing up in the South and, you know, really connected with your dad. And he hit you last because he knew he had to gain or, you know, help with your core first, your family, and then he could get you no problem. So I really just loved that part of your story where you, and it really taught me a lot about like, hey, to sell something, you really got to be likable. So when you, when you transition um, your, your kind of story, your struggle in college and everything, how did you really leverage that and transition into the MBA and then even transition further into motivational and keynote speaking? You know, it goes back to mindset. And, you know, that's a big part of my message. Um, I was a stud in high school. You know, I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you the truth. I was a stud in high school. It was just easy for me. I was better than everybody. I was smarter than everybody. It wasn't, it wasn't hard. And when, you, when you're in a city like Chicago, I mean, you really believe you're that dude. I wasn't in a small town. I wasn't in some suburban area. I was in the city of Chicago, and I was that dude. Right. And so when I got to the University of Minnesota, unfortunately, being that dude, I was arrogant and I didn't realize what got me there is not going to get me here. And what do I mean by that? What I did in high school to become a high school basketball star was not going to be the same kind of effort, the same kind of activity that was going to help me be successful at that next level. So my whole freshman year was really coming to the realization that I got here on talent. You know, I didn't get here on hard work. I didn't get here on effort. I didn't get here because I was disciplined. I was a high school basketball star because I was talented. But now in college, I need more than that because everybody here is talented. So whatever you do professionally, you know, talent's going to get you the job, but talent's not going to help you keep the job. You know, talent might get you one client and one customer, but that talent's not going to help you keep that customer. And so when I got to college, guys, I learned how to work. Okay, I learned how to have a work ethic. I learned how to have activity. And if you want to be successful in life, it's all about your activity. And after I had that conversation with my dad and all the excuses were gone, 
He asked the next question was, are you working hard? And I was like, no. Are you working extra? I was like, no. And he was like, son, you're in college now, man. This is not high school anymore. Wake up and get to work and do exactly what you said you're going to do, right? And get to where you're supposed to be. I went to my coach, guys, after I talked to my dad and I asked him a powerful question. I said, Coach Haskins, what do I need to do to play in the NBA? In other words, who do I need to become? How do I need to operate? Now, he's a former NBA ball player himself. He knew exactly who I needed to become to, be play, to become an NBA ball player. And so I think in life, we need to have mentors, right? We need to have coaches. You know, to get to the top of the game, you can't do it by yourself. You know, as far as you can get with talent, that's where most people get stuck. And if you don't get coaching, if you don't get mentoring, it's almost impossible to get to, my, to that next level. And Coach Haskins was like, look, son, you know, you want to play in the NBA, but you don't play for me. And that's what I told him. I said, next year, I'm going to become somebody different. What do I need to do to play in the NBA? And he was like, you can't run, you can't jump, you can't dribble, you can't shoot, and you can't rebound, son, at the NBA level. But this offseason, you need to work, man. You got potential, son. And here's my message. Most of us confuse our potential with who we are at the time. So who you are at this time in, in, in 2018 is a point in reference on that continuum to reaching your potential. And we should never confuse our potential with who we are at the time. And so right now, how do we close that gap? You know what? I was sitting on the bench in college. The NBA is over here. I'm like, how do I close that gap, coach? And in my offseason, I worked out my work. In my off-season, I got bigger, stronger, and faster. In my off-season, I changed my diet. I changed my body. I changed my work ethic. I worked on my form. I worked on my dribbling. I worked on my shooting. Most of my teammates, the off-season was a break. For me, my off-season was an opportunity to take my game to the next level. And that next season, I was voted most improved player. We went all the way to the Sweet 16. You know, many people in Minneapolis remember that. The state of Minnesota went bonkers. We went to the Sweet 16. I went right into my coach's office, and I asked that question again. What do I need to do to play in the NBA? And the list got shorter and shorter and shorter. And four years later, guys, I was an NBA prospect. And a year after that, I was the first ever undrafted rookie free agent in the history of the Dallas Mavericks to start opening night. And let me tell you something. People listening today, who you are today is a point of reference. You got to remember where you're supposed to be. And how do you close that gap? The first way to close the gap is by becoming accountable. Basically having honest self-assessments with who you are today. And once I had those honest self-assessments, I got to work. And I began to close that gap. I worked with my coaches to close that gap. I had mentors to close the gap. And before I knew it... I closed that gap when I became an NBA ball player. I got to where I was supposed to be. Oh, there's so much in there I want to ask you. And so I'll try to narrow it down. But first, I want to say we preach a message of ordinary people with extraordinary passions. And you were at the U of M and you were another basketball player, another college basketball player. And you saw you said, I want to play in the NBA. Coach Haskins, what can I do to get there? And that made your extraordinary passion achievable because then he gave you learning lessons and um, attributes to say, this is what you need to do to go after it. I mean, how cool is that? Having someone in your life um, to, to um, bridge that gap. And that's kind of another thing that we're trying to do. 
someone like you coming onto our show and helping our listeners bridge the gap into making an ordinary person have extraordinary passion. So Walter, thank you for that message. I mean, it's a continuous learning process to grow. And you learned quickly from high school what you needed to do into college. And then you took what you did in college and you learned and you're like, I need to be better. And you took it into the MBA. How did you, and I want to know how you're taking that into the motivational speaking because you're motivating the hell out of me. And I know Declan can say the same. So what were some of those things that you took from your high school career, from your high school, uh, then college career and MBA, and then put that into um, a market and try to push that onto an audience? Well, you know, it's really simple. You know, I learned mindset. You know, I learned how to have ultimate confidence. You know, when I think about when I left high school, I was so freaking confident. Um, let me let me rephrase that. I was arrogant, okay? And I think there's a difference between being extremely confident and arrogant. When you're arrogant, you think you're there. You think you've arrived, you know? I mean, you don't even think about working because you just think you're that dude or you're that chick. When I got to college, I never lost my confidence, but I lost my arrogance. And I realized, like, there's nothing wrong with being confident, but you better not cross that line into arrogance because that's how you get stuck. And people that don't want to improve, the real underlying factor is that they think they're fine. I'm good. I don't need to get better. And that is a lie. That's a fallacy. We all got to get better. We all have to arrive. But the mindset of being the best, the mindset of understanding process, the mindset of pursuing excellence, most people are stuck. You know, we live in a world where everybody's busy. Pay attention, guys. You ask your friends, hey, what you up to? Just busy. Just busy with work and my family and the kids. Just busy, 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 busy. But then you look at their lives in five-year increments, and nothing changes. Like, wait a minute. You're so freaking busy. Why is your life the same? You live in the same house. You drive the same car. You got the same amount of money in your checking account. You got the same credit score. You've been busy. But I have an issue with busy. I want to be productive. Now, if I'm going to bust my butt for 12 months, at the end of that 12 months, I want to have progress. And then next year, I want to have progress. I want to have progress. And that's how I live. And that's what the off-season does, if you think about it. Pro athletes have an off-season. Why not you? An off-season is designed not to work in your business, but to work on your business. Not to work in your life, but on your life. Some of us are so busy living our lives, we never take a break to work on our lives. And once I got a goal of becoming a Hall of Fame speaker, I had to get to where I was supposed to be. So I joined the National Speakers Association. I hired coaches. I hired mentors. And I invested in me. Most people spend their money the wrong way. You guys know that? You know, most people will take 150 bucks, go to Capitol Grill so they can feel fabulous. You know what I do with my 150 bucks? I go buy an online course. I go buy a couple of books. And by buying that online course, by buying books and investing in me, I can go to Capitol Grill every night. <laughs> so what's a better investment? One night at Capitol Grill? I take it at 150 bucks and investing in you, your development, your, 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 your thought process, how to build a brand, how to be the brand, right? I am a ferocious reader. I've read so many books that I'm beginning to write my own books, my online courses, my online training, just from the overflow. Right? I feed myself basically just information nonstop. And I take money to do that. And if anyone's listening, if you use your money the right way, I don't care how much money you have, listen to me carefully. Okay? 
take your money and invest in you. Invest in the information. Go back and get certified. Hire your coach. Go and do an online training. Take your money and invest in you. Because if you invest in you, remember this, money is currency, which means current, like a river, is designed to flow. If you spend your money in a way that it will flow back to you, in that wisdom? See, if you go and invest your money at Capital Grill, it doesn't flow back. You just give it to Capital Grill and it disappears. I take my money and I invest in me. And as a result, the current of that money is reinvested in me. So I'll spend 150, but I'll get 10,000 back. I'll spend 10,000 on me and I'll get a million bucks back. I once went to a training in London because there was this concept that helped speakers really connect with the audience better. I spent $10,000 to go to the training. You know what people told me? Dude, that's too expensive. What in the heck? Would you pay $10,000 and go away to London? I turned that $10,000 training into millions of dollars because once I invested that $10,000 in me, I got the lesson, I got the information, and that was a part of who I am. So I literally took $10,000, invested in me, and all of a sudden I converted that into millions of dollars. So you gotta invest in you through information too. Here's another way you use your money to get access to the right people. Ladies and gentlemen, when my MBA career ended, I joined the country club. My wife came into my office, I had no money coming in. I hung around NBA ball players. I hung around Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan, Carl Malone, John Stockton. But basketball's over. I'm a business guy, so I need new business friends. And I joined the country club in Medina, Minnesota. And I went to this country club, and I got around successful business people. I used the money for information and access. And I sat there and heard successful business people talk. And all of a sudden, I heard this one business guy say, it didn't cost me a lot of money. It was only 50000 I was like, what? I was an NBA ball player. I was like, 50000 is a lot of money. But in his mind, in his mindset, in this country club environment, 50000 was not a lot of money. And I started going home. My wife would ask me questions. I had no money coming in because my NBA career was over. Well, what are we going to do about life insurance? What are we going to do about mortgage? What are we going to do about the car note? And I would say, you know, it's not a lot of money. It's only 2000 Not a lot of money. Only 2500 And initially, she kind of looked at me. Who are you? And I just kept saying it because I kept getting influenced by the country club. And let me tell you something. 50000 is not a lot of money. I can say that now because I use money to gain access to information and the right people. I live in a country club right now, guys, with nine billionaires. That's not nine. Nine billionaires. <laughs> you know, one of my neighbors is a guy named Bernie Marcus. He's the founder of Home Depot. I paid to have access to billionaires. I had dinner with a billionaire last week. And we're sitting there having dinner. And I'm a little nervous, to be honest. I'm like, this dude's a billionaire. What the heck do you say to a billionaire? That's like going to dinner with Glenn Taylor. You guys know who Glenn Taylor is. That's like going to dinner with Ziggy Wilf. I mean, these guys are billionaires. And I'm thinking to myself, what am I going to say? What are you going to talk about? And we're having this conversation. He goes, how do you invest your money? And I was like, huh? What are you investing? He likes me. He's like, what are you investing? And I kind of got nervous. And I was like, well, I have a 401k. He goes, what's that? I was like, you don't know what a 401k is? He's like, no. Billionaire. Billionaire. 
And he told me, I have 13 stock brokers that call me every day. And, you know, 40 years ago, I took $5,000 and I invested in every energy company there was. I took 5,000 and I invested in every energy company in the market because everybody needs energy. Walter, that was 40 years ago. And it was probably one of the most brilliant things I've ever done. 40 years ago, he took 5,000 and invested in every energy company. And finally, he says this. If you want to learn how to invest, I'll show you, I'll teach you. What did Access just give me? A billionaire committed to me. If you want to learn how to invest, I'll show you. Let me tell you something. If you want to get to that next level, take every dime you have and invest in information so you can get smarter. You can have command of this information and also take your money to get access to the right people. So how does it play out? For example, in Minneapolis, you can go and get a country club membership at LA Fitness. I mean, a health club membership at LA Fitness, or you can upgrade and go down to the Grand Hotel and join the upscale, you know, workout facility. You still want to sweat. You're still going to work out. It'll cost you a little bit more money, but won't you get access to a different kind of person? Right? And so that's just an, an example of do I take 150 bucks and go to Capitol Grill? Or do I take that 150 bucks and go invest in a country club where I can work out and meet some pretty cool people? So 150 bucks, everybody on this, on this call can go and find 150 bucks, am I right or wrong? So the real question is, do you understand how to take your resources and invest in information and invest in access to people, the right people? I love that. And you know, I think one thing that you're really tapping into here is the opportunity mm -hmm. because the money isn't necessarily going to get you the information right away or that person or that person, right? You didn't get that. Um, you didn't start living by the owner of home Depot, you know, just because you purchased it. And then that guy walked to your front door. No, it was you taking the opportunity, you know, 10 years ago when you got out of the MBA to find people first, learn the formula, gain that information use that information, go leverage it to the next opportunity. And I think that's something that's really cool to, to really think about is, you know, you're investigating yourself, you're investing in these next opportunities. It's up to you to take advantage of those. You know, if you think about a book, guys, you go into a bookstore, if you buy a book for 20 bucks, that's literally a $20 coaching session with the author. And there's some brilliant books in that bookstore. I mean, you're talking about good to great, uh, where Jim Collins breaks down what makes great companies great. So for 20 bucks, you can go in and read a bestseller on what makes a company great. So if you run a small company, why would you not go and buy a $20 coaching session with a brilliant guy who's researched successful companies? You know, or just go in the bookstore in a business session. Those are literally $20 coaching sessions. So again, you can use your 20 bucks and go to Starbucks and get your frappe whip. Uh, decaf, half calf, or you can go to the bookstore and hell, go to Dunkin' Donuts, get you some freaking basic coffee, and go to the bookstore and get you a book. Who's going to benefit the most long term? You showing off your frappe whip, or so you having a freaking Dunkin' Donuts cup, or a freaking holiday of Super America, right? <laughs> A little 99 cent cup of coffee and take the rest of that money that week and buy you a good book every week and devour the book. Who's going to be better off long, long term? The guy trying to show up a Starbucks cup 
or the guy who's willing to go to Super America, but getting some information in their brain that can help them get to the country club. Come on, man, we got to use information and access to the right people the right way. And I'm telling you, if I can do it, you can do it. I'm a city kid from Chicago. And now I live in a country club, one of the most exclusive country clubs in America. If I can do it as a ball player who didn't even start business until I was 31, 32 years old. Now, many of my peers that I went to school with, they had a 10-year head start. I was wasting my time, not wasting my time, but I was frolicking around playing basketball for 10 years where everybody else was running to Starbucks, drinking and going to uh, Capitol Grill, thinking that they're that chick or that dude. And I passed most of my peers by 10 years later. Why? Because I understood how to become the best in the world at what you do. And if I didn't do or learn anything from the NBA and the journey, I learned mindset, but also learned what it takes to be the best. And that's what I do as a coach. I coach entrepreneurs all over the world. And that's what I do as a speaker. When I speak at a conference, I'm all about that next level. And I help people get to that next level if they want to go. I mean, you are thinking about how to optimize your situation and then you're preaching how to execute it and then you execute, execute it yourself and you dominate that situation. And that's exactly your mission statement. And that's why I framed it in that way. Think, execute, dominate. And I want to know, I mean, you just framed it perfectly for us, but how did you come up with those three core things as the front and center of your motivational speaking? Well, you know, again, my father was a high school principal. He was a very intelligent man, a quiet man. And he was always observing. And he taught me, son, just pay attention. You know, just pay attention. So when I got recruited out of high school, I paid attention. And by being recruited as a high school athlete, you know, I learned how to sell. And, you know, if you think about, you know, John Calipari, you think about Urban Meyer, if you think about Nick Saban, if you think about P.J. Fleck, these guys are great salesmen, right? And so I got exposed to great salesmanship. And as a result of me paying attention, I took that experience in high school and created a sales training where I teach professionals how to sell like Urban Meyer, how to sell like P.J. Fleck, how to sell like John Calipari. Because in business, remember this, guys, nothing happens until something is sold. So if you have a small company, everyone in the company should sell, right? You should have a sales culture. You should sell 24-7, 365. I do sales trainings and I ask sales reps, how many people a day do you call and ask to buy? And they look at me like, huh? Like, what, 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 what do you mean? Wait, wait, you're in sales, but you're not asking people to buy? You know, what in the heck do you do all day? Right? If I'm a chef, shouldn't I cook all day? If I'm a painter, shouldn't I paint all day? If you're a sales rep, shouldn't you be selling all day? <laughs> Just common sense to me. And it's amazing how so few professionals know what it really takes in terms of activity, approach, strategy, on how to break out of the pack. And that's what I do. I think about a situation. I come up with a strategy to execute. I execute the game plan. And typically, if it's a good game plan, and if I execute the game plan, I dominate. And I've done it in basketball. And now it works in, it works in business. I love that. It's so cool to really understand you know, the entire, how it all kind of comes together. Right. And I think we really try to accomplish it in that, in this long form conversation on a podcast, because a lot of the times nowadays you'll get the Gary V's and all these people in the world giving you these 30 to 60 second bits. And you're like, you're always left with wanting more, which I think is part of their tactic, but you know, you really don't get like the full truth and, uh, and you're giving it to us right now. So thank you. Yeah. Going off of that, 
failure. So we talk about failure a lot on this podcast and we do it in a way to, you know, promote the reality of things, you know, understanding that, you know, things think bad things are going to happen and good things are going to happen. You got to handle them all, all the same. And so can you give us a time where, you know, you really failed and it sucked, but how did you, how did you respond is really what I want to know. Well, my first business failed. You know, my wife and I bought a franchise and we had one location in Edina on 50th and France. We had another location in Egan, Minnesota, and we failed. And I had to shut the door and file bankruptcy. And that was painful, man. I, I didn't go down easy, man. You know, with my mindset, you know, I, I went down hard. I'm a warrior, man. I'm a, I'm, I'm Sparta. You know, you got to know the movie, this is Sparta, let's fight. You know what I mean? And sometimes a warrior doesn't even know when to stop fighting. You know, a warrior doesn't really know when to say uncle. And um, I probably went about six months longer than I should have. And I exhausted every resource we had. There was every time I made playing basketball. And it was depressing. But you know what? I'm never going to quit. If I can look up, I'm going to get up, man. And I never took a break. I never felt sorry for myself. I never got depressed. Because right here, I'm going to be successful. I'm out grinding everybody. Let me tell you about sharks. I study sharks, man. Sharks never stop moving. Okay? If a shark stops moving, you know what happens? It drowns. A shark is not naturally buoyant. A shark runs the ocean, but they're not natural, buoyant creatures. They're not even fish. They're sharks. Fish have bones. You know what sharks have? They have cartilage, which means they're flexible. Okay? How many people out here do you know are struggling and they never change? You're a fish if you don't change. Sharks are flexible, which means they're always changing. As soon as we shut down the doors, next, what's up next? We decided to become motivational speakers and launch a business. I never stopped moving. I never took a break. I never stopped. I kept grinding. Why? Because I'm a freaking shark. Sharks never stop moving. Sharks never go backwards. If a shark goes backwards, it dies. You guys know that? A shark cannot look down. It can only look up. And I realized I'm a shark. I'm a shark. That's just who I am. And I want to recruit other sharks. Right? I want to teach people how to be sharks. And if you are a shark, you will be successful. Because let me tell you something. If you have nonstop activity, it can overwhelm mistakes. If you have nonstop activity, it can, it can overwhelm bad decisions. Right? As we grow and as, as we mature, be aggressive. You might make mistakes, but don't ever stop activity. Why? Because sharks never stop moving. Sharks never go backwards. Sharks only look up. They can't look down. And I need sharks out here. I'm looking for sharks. And I've been studying sharks. You know sharks recognize other sharks. When they're in the ocean, they don't attack each other because they recognize you're a shark. I'm a shark. What's up, man? What's up, bro? What's up, boy? We are sharks. And if you become a shark with a shark mindset, you can't be defeated. You can't stop. But let me tell you something. There's another creature in the ocean called a sucker fish. One day I was fishing in Florida, and I'm pretty practical. When you bring in a fish, all I want to know, can I eat it? Right? I'm a Chicago kid. I don't need to know, oh, well, that's a walleye. That's a bass. Can I eat it? Okay? <laughs> and so they brought in something, and it was called a sucker fish. And I was like, I'm in the ocean, right? And I was like, what's a sucker fish? The guy takes a fish, and he sticks it to the top of the boat, and this fish had a suction on the top of his head. And the fish was there like 10 minutes, like strongly stuck. And I was like, what the heck does a sucker fish do? Now get this. A sucker fish is in, a, is in a symbiotic relationship with sharks. It takes the suction and it connects to the shark. It's symbiotic because they benefit each other, okay? The shark takes the sucker fish on free wires in the ocean. 
So the sucker fish conserves energy, okay? The shark takes the sucker fish places it can't even go itself. The shark takes the sucker fish deep into the ocean, okay? And the benefit of the sucker fish, it conserves energy and it gets to eat the scraps every time the shark makes a kill. Sharks are always looking for a food source, right? So the sucker fish stays real close to the shark and the sucker fish takes free rides and it gets to eat good. But the sucker fish has a job to do. The sucker fish's job is to eat the parasites off the shark. The shark doesn't have hands, okay? So if a shark gets a parasite in the gill, it can die. If a shark gets a, sucker, a, a parasite in the nose, a parasite can eat its brain, okay? So it has a relationship. And even though that shark is a dominant creature in the ocean, it understands teamwork. And it knows that, look, I need some help from my sucker fish, okay? What I'm really talking about is mentoring, okay? That's all I'm talking about is mentorship. When I got to the country club, I was a sucker fish that connected to a shark. When that man said 50,000, it's only 50,000, I realized he's a shark and I need to be his sucker fish. I was humble enough to say, hey man, I need some mentors. I'm a ball player, but I don't know anything about business. Will you mentor me? And me being a sucker fish, I connected to sharks until I learned how to be a shark myself. So anyone listening today, you have to understand in life, either you're gonna be a shark or you're gonna be a sucker fish, okay? So if you guys go and speak on a college campus, if you go to a high school, you're that shark. And those high school kids and those college kids, they want to hear from you, Declan. They want to hear from you, Andrew. Anyone listening, you got to know sometimes in life, you're going to be the shark and you got to help other people. But you got, you got to be smart enough to know when to be the sucker fish. Okay, when Randy Moss came to Minnesota, Chris Carter was a shark. Randy Moss became a sucker fish until Randy Moss learned how to be a shark himself. And whoa, was he a great white shark. That's what mentorship is all about. So in life, you're either going to be a shark or you're going to be a sucker fish, but don't ever be a parasite. A parasite takes and never gives. A parasite is like, I spoke to the NBA rookies last week. You know what takes most NBA players down? Parasites. Parasites come in the form of women who want to get pregnant and have their babies. Parasites. Parasites can be their family members. You know, some of these NBA ball players have 30 family members being supported full time. People ask, well, how do these athletes go broke? You support 30 people for 10 years and see what happens to your money, right? If you don't give and you constantly take, I don't care. You're a parasite. I don't care if your name is mom. I don't care if your name is dad or auntie or girlfriend or, or wife. If you don't give and always take, you're a parasite. So in your careers, guys, and everybody listening, Either be a shark or a sucker fish every day, all day. But don't ever be a parasite. And make sure you stay away from parasites. By understanding that metaphor of how the ecosystem operates in the ocean, we live in the ocean right now. Right now, I live among sharks. Okay? Bernie Marcus is a shark. Every billionaire in his neighborhood are sharks. And I know in my neighborhood, for the most part, I'm always a sucker fish. And I'm learning how to build million-dollar, multi-million-dollar. The guy across the street from me owns a plane. You know, he said, Walter, you're never home. I said, man, you know, if I could borrow, I'm joking, right? I said, if I had your plane, I'd be here more often. He looked at me like, well, you know, maybe. I was like, dude, you have a plane? <laughs> <laughs> I'm cracking a joke, right? You know, how many people you know that own a plane? In my neighborhood, probably half the neighborhood has their own private jet. That's what I'm talking about. I'm around sharks all day, and they taught me how to be a shark. 
but I'm smart enough to know when to be a shark and when to be a sucker. You, I mean, you're preaching, you're saying exactly what it is. You need to have that gratitude. And I just want to share with you how thankful and grateful I am to have connected with you a little over a year ago and to um, help me along the road of my career goal. And then we stayed connected and then have eventually you on this podcast. I mean, I am so blessed that my father connected me with you and then you took the extra mile to help me without ever seeing you in person. All we did was connect over email and you helped me out. And now we had the opportunity to have this conversation to finally see each other eye to eye and talk and have a 30 minute, 45 minute conversation. It's been really cool. And I do really appreciate your time that you spent with us. So I'll leave you with this final question. It's a simple question and it puts the um, ball in the, the framework of just today and what you learned today. So what did you learn from the time that you woke up to having this conversation now? Today, I mean, I learned to give, you know, today I had a board orientation. I just became a board member of the Boys and Girls Club. You know, why I'm a city kid from Chicago. And I was very fortunate to have a mom and dad that supported me, mom and dad that fed me, you know, mom and dad, I need some money. They gave me money when I was in college. Many of my teammates didn't have that. You know, if they didn't have money, they went without. I could call home and say, Mom, I'm short. Can you send me 100 bucks, 200 bucks? I knew my mom and dad had had me financially, emotionally, spiritually. I had support. Now, most of my high school classmates, when I went to my father's high school, they were raised by a single mom, and they didn't really know their dad in some cases, and they were devastated financially. And so today I joined the Boys and Girls Club because I believe in giving back. You know, I believe in, in helping other people. And as a result, I'm blessed. It's more blessed to give than to receive. So this is what I do, you know, you know, Andrew and, and, and Declan. This is what I do. This is what I this is who I am. You know, this is not a, a hustle to make money. This is not a gimmick. You know, I help people get to their next level. And I'm not afraid to, oh, well, you're not big enough for me. Or you're not popular enough for me. I didn't even ask you how many people you got downloading your broadcast. I don't care. You reached out for help, and that's my job, to be that blessing. So I want you guys to promise me, once you blow up, once you have your own show, once you are Gary V. Juniors, make sure that you are someone else's shark, and you are really um, available to allow yourself to have something fish to connect to you. And let me tell you something. You're going to know when you're a shark when people start asking you to be their mentor. You know, that's the sign, guys. And when you begin to grind, there's going to be a kid that's going to reach out and email you and say, you know, Declan, you know, Andrew, I love your show. I've been a fan for 10 years. Will you be my mentor? Damn. We're shots. <laughs> and that was time for me to collect circle fish, baby. Let's go together. Let's go for a ride. And it's symbiotic, right? You see a lot of stars that blow people off. And all of a sudden, they don't have any support system, no support network. That when they have that bump in the road, they have nobody to say, no, 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 no. He's a great guy. That's a lie. That's not true. I support him. I endorse him. I got his back. And I want to know people on my way up to the top. I want to be good to everybody. And when I when I grew up, let me tell you what I was taught by mom and dad. My mother was a kindergarten teacher. So all she cared about, he would say, Walter, be sweet. Be sweet. Just be a nice young man. And my father was a go-for-it kind of guy. Go for it. So that's what I was taught. Be sweet. Go for it. Go for it. Be sweet. Be sweet. Go for it. Go for it. Be sweet. So I'm going to be a good guy. What you see is what you get. But I'm going to go for it like a shark. And here's the thing about a shark. A shark didn't kill everything. A shark just don't go around just eating everything it sees. A shark, shark eats when it's hungry because it's got to survive. 
but it understands that I'm just not going to just destroy my environment. <laughs> you know what? I'm always curious. Sharks are curious creatures. And no, you know, they don't even like our taste. You guys know that? So when you go and get a shark bite, the shark was curious because they saw the arms and legs flailing in the water. The shark was like, what is that? Like, it doesn't look like the other fish I normally eat. So when the shark comes, it rarely eats the human. It bites it, it tastes nasty, and it lets the human go. But sharks are curious, okay? And that's why you got to seek out information. Because if you're not curious, you won't grow, you won't learn, you won't develop. When I get curious, when I stop being curious, it's time for me to leave what I do. And let me tell you something. Sharks are always moving. They're always learning. They're always growing. And they don't kill everything around them, okay? And they understand they need teammates. And let me tell you something. If you understand these principles I shared today, and you can't share all of them in, in our 45 minutes together, but let me tell you something. If anybody wants to stay connected to me, just go to my website. It's WalterBond.com. If you go to WalterBond.com, get connected. You know, we're, we're helping people all over the world get to their next level. And it's real. You know, it's not a hoax. It's not some, you know, Ponzi scheme. I sincerely help people get to that next level. And so anyone listening today, go to WalterBond.com and get connected. Because I want to be a 6'5", 260-pound shark. And I'm going to carry as many sucker fish as I can to get to that next level. Well, you got two sucker fish right here. I actually remember I commented on your LinkedIn post the other day and you, in all caps, the first thing you said, you got to be a sucker fish for this one. And I didn't really, I didn't understand the reference, but I watched the whole video. I loved it. You know, great message. And I, I responded, I said, Hey, I don't know what a sucker fish is, but I'll be a sponge. So, you know, I, I'm now a suck. I've now upgraded from a sponge to a sucker fish. So thank you, Walter. We appreciate it, man. No, thank you. And I'm headed to dinner right now to be a sucker fish. The guy that I'm having dinner with, very successful, had a $200 million company. He's not a billionaire, but $200 million, I'll be his sucker fish, okay? All right? And so Absolutely. all day long, I mean, guys, either be a shark or be a sucker fish, but don't ever be a parasite. Wow. Walter Bond brings the heat. That was empowering. Fire me up, Declan. Yes, dude unbelievable thank you walter bond for coming on minnesota legend loved everything he said man his story is phenomenal and i love that he gave his time for uh, to us during that 30 minutes he was busy he's a busy man and he had an important meeting to get to yet he blocked off 30 minutes for us so thank you walter really appreciate that and now we know being a shark being a sucker fish are keys to life but don't ever be a parasite oh don't even get me started on parasites. We don't talk about parasites. We don't concern ourselves with parasites on this podcast. If you concern yourself with parasites, you're wrong. Be a sucker fish. Be a shark. Thank you, Walter Vaughn. Now to the back end, where we appreciate every single marketing intern that's made it this far. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This time, we didn't make you drag it out till hour 40. This is just, you know, maybe an hour, hour six. Yeah, so everyone's kind of got their wits about them still, and they're, they're sitting here like, okay. I like this, dude. This is this is more my speed, most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyways, thanks for being here. We got a feel good story, and we got a what did you learn? As we always do, we're gonna finish it up strong. Andrew, what did you learn? I learned um, this is from Matthew. Actually, he I went to the Steelers game this past Sunday, and I got to you know spend some time with my little brother, which is rare at this point in time because he's we're mm-hmm. both in separate cities, and he was talking to me about his swimming career and how he is just in the heart of 
making a push for the season. This is the last few days before the season actually kicks up to full gear. Nice. And he's a he's in swimming season. He is a swimmer through and through. Right. But he was talking about you know post post life post swimming, and he was like, you know, it's gonna be weird one day jumping in the pool and being a swammer. And I stopped him right there. I was like, what? What's a swammer? And he goes, Andrew, it's post swimming. You you're no longer you're no longer a swimmer. You're you're a swammer. Yeah, past tense. Past tense. Ah, oh, I was like, ah, oh, that's pretty clever of you, Madge. I like that. So I learned. That's what I learned. Pretty simple, but you know, it made me laugh and it made me feel good. Okay, here's a trivia question for so you. So it was a combined. What did you learn? Feel no, like yeah, so? I like yeah. that. I like that a lot. What episode number was Madge on the back pocket in season one? Uh, he was on the Tojo episode, which was um, twenty seventeen. It was something. Didn't we do something with twenty seventeen? It was podcast twenty three. 23 okay so what i noticed today i was going through our podcast um just on our on our uh on the podcast app on Mm -hmm. itunes and that was the only one that wasn't listed and so i had to go back through and figure out which one it was it was 23 Mm. it was it full circle day for me hearing about madge now twice right on you know shout out madge great guy shout out to my sister as well she was also on it rory brown so go check that one out what did i learn this week i learned that interpersonal skills create longevity what do you mean by that so as an engineer i don't know what i don't want to start with that i want to start with this i want to say you are going to enter a profession right away and it's going to be new to you and you're going to have to learn how to do specific tasks and you're going to learn those tasks right whether it's you know learning how to print paper learning how to um, speak with clients learning how to sell things you know whatever your task is accounting Whatever your field is, you're going to have to learn small tasks right at the beginning, right? But what's going to take you to the next step, to that next promotion, and ultimately the your end result, your desired goal within that company are your interpersonal skills. And I recognized this when I was talking to the CEO of PCL, David Philip Chuck. Good guy. Really good guy. But what I noticed about him was he was talking about how he started as an engineer and loved building things. So when he was a field engineer, he was always out in the field building things, helping the, the project being built. Then he became a project manager. He had to oversee the builders. And then became a district manager. He had to oversee the project managers. And then he became a corporate manager. Um, and so then he had to oversee the, the district projects. managers. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. See how this is kind of building out, right? So he, the things that he relied on weren't the things that he learned as a field engineer, uh, building a building, right? That's no longer in his job title. The only thing that was consistent through each job as he got bigger and bigger and bigger were communication, leadership, learning how to talk to people, being personable, all those intangible things, all those interpersonal skills, which is why I say interpersonal skills build longevity. Dude, phenomenal. What did you learn? Yeah, thanks. Way to take that gold nugget away. Yeah, I, I tried to unpack it i don't know if i did as well of a job no, but i hope people it. hope people understand because you gave me no context prior to it all i saw was in the show notes longevity with interpersonal communication skills i was like well i thought i talked about that one time that's what i originally <laughs> looked at and then you, sure. you unpacked it in that way dude absolutely man well thanks, done. thanks i feel good story in itself right there just firing me up deck thank you but i got another one for you marketing interns this one made me feel good i just this week i've been trying to finish uh, a book my mom gave me, Fail Until You Don't, Fight, Grind, Repeat by Bobby Bones, who is a radio show host in Nashville. He was the youngest guy to ever be inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame. Really? At the age of 40. Yep. Wow. Um, he, now he does stand-up comedy. He's a musician. He's an all-around just uh, go-getter. And so I'm reading his book, and I absolutely love it. And I just tweeted at him 
with the back pocket account. So just saying thank you for quote unquote fail until you don't the book. And he just hits the like button on it today. And I was like, days made. Like, I don't even care if I tweeted at him again, like saying thank blah, blah, DM or whatever. I don't care if I get a response from that, but he saw it or maybe one of his people in his team saw it and they hit the like button made my day. Right. Isn't it so cool how social media, like you can literally reach out to anyone in the world. Mm-hmm. Like it's crazy to even think about like back in the nineties, there was no way you would ever be able to meet someone that wrote that book you were reading, you know, or just interact with that person. So I think that's really cool. Shout out to Bobby Bones. He's a great guy. Maybe a future podcast guest, but definitely someone that we look up to and definitely someone that has uh, been through a lot. He's been through a lot. He's been through a lot. And in his book, I all, I recommend it. You know, it, uh, you know, it's not the best book in the world, but you'll find plenty of golden nuggets in there. Absolutely. <laughs> He's a great guy. I love him. Yeah. And uh, you know, shout out to Bobby Bones. Great guy. What is one thing, Andrew, that you took away from that book? So I finished the first section this past week called Fight. And the biggest thing that I took away from it was find someone that's going to tell you no consistently. Okay. So have someone in your circle that is always going to be devil's advocate guy. That's always going to be like, that's not good enough. I need more. And you know he's doing it with good intentions. He's not trying to be an ass. Like this is his job. This is his role. And that'll just, it'll put you in your place when you need it most. He'll be there also to tell you like, oh, that's perfect. Like, don't need to touch it. Like, he's not always going to say no. Mm-hmm. But he is, when he does say it, you know it's always the right intentions. I like that. That was my biggest takeaway. That's awesome because I know all kinds of people like that in my life. And they, well, I use them as motivation and like use it as a drive, some fuel to not only get them to say yes, I'm not going for that specifically, but just to reflect, focus, see how I can get better. Mm-hmm. So uh, I love that. That made me feel good. Any uh, any final thoughts on the on this whole episode today? I just want to leave you with this final note. Back pocket website, yourbackpockets.com. That's with an S, mm-hmm. yourbackpockets.com. We have t-shirts and we have an email listing that's being built as we speak. Join it. Be on that list because we want to send you the highest quality content that we can offer. And that's going to be through an email chain yeah. with shirts and attached to that. Yeah. The shirts are the uh, the material part of it, but we want to provide legit value to you. Like mm-hmm. we want to be able to email a lot of people and just say what's up and you know, give them our thoughts, day to day thoughts. Be a part of it, love it, learn it, live it. See you guys next week. We have who's our who's our next guest? Uh, Doctor Matt Weist. That's right, Doctor Matt Weist, Center of Movement. Let's get after it. Until then, take care. Take care. <laughs>